0: What's going on, folks? Taylor Patano here with the Healthcare Collective, a podcast that brings you the top industry experts that are doing the biggest things in healthcare, from evidence-based practices to new things they're implementing in their facility, their organization, their clinic, that's moving the needle for patient safety and increasing revenue. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I want to remind you, if you get something from this podcast, like, share, subscribe. Um, you know, we want to we want to hear from you. We want to get your feedback. What successes have you had? Leave it in the comments below. And uh now I'm, I'm just super excited about today, so without further ado, let's dive in. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Healthcare Collective. Taylor Catano here, your host. President of Southern Evals, and today, man, man, I am so freaking pumped. <laughs> about this guy right here, man, our special guest is Tan May Mathur. Dude, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I'm looking forward to it. So we talked to Tan May about the healthcare collective where it's bringing experts in the field of healthcare uh together to talk about, you know, what what's working. Uh what what are those evidence-based practices? How have you weathered the storm through COVID? Uh staff retention, I mean anything, but uh, again, you know, our audience for you that you're just joining, it's nurses, it's healthcare executive, it's leadership roles, it's anybody in the healthcare field uh, looking for that edge, looking for that next step, or looking for something uh, to help you. Um, so again, I wanted to just make an introduction. Sure. It's amazing. I mean, dude, like, I know you've got a laundry list of things, but May is a healthcare professional that currently serves as the CEO of the largest mental health and psychiatric hospital on the North Shore down south in Louisiana. During his four-year tenure, the hospital has almost doubled, doubled its bed size and expanded services for substance abuse treatment, added service lines for adolescents suffering from mental health issues, as well as for veterans and active military suffering from PTSD. That's huge, I mean huge in this industry. Uh, He's got partnerships with the VA and the 22nd Judicial Court uh, in his local parish and he also serves on executive teams for hospitals in Atlanta, Philadelphia, Chicago. Uh, you've worked for corporate strategy teams at two Fortune 500 companies. Woo! Big time. Big time. Uh, and also he serves on the board of director of the St. Tammany Chamber of Commerce uh, and the non Greatest Gifts Inc. which is dedicated to the awareness and education of organ donation. That's, that's awesome. Uh, he's a member of the American College of Healthcare Executives, as well as a proud member of the crew at Tux. Oh, that's cool. That's right. Uh, also, he earned his bachelor's degree in neuroscience from Tulane University down in New Orleans, master's degree in pharmacology from Tulane, uh, Tulane as well, and uh, his MBA with a concentration in strategy and healthcare from Vanderbilt University in Nashville. So, guys, look, I mean, unbelievable experience. First off, I know when I met Tan May. Um, you know, it was it was in a relationship trying to figure some different things out But I had no idea his depth and breadth of his of his knowledge and leadership and through the years that I've got to know him um, I'm, I'm just so happy to have you on here dude. So I know the first thing that everybody wonders is especially behavioral health hospital sure. um, What what is the CEO role like what do you do as a CEO because I think everybody has an idea But like, you know coming from you. What, what does that look like? Sure.
1: Well, first of all, I want to say, Taylor, thank you so much for that way too kind of an introduction. <laughs> no, um, do, yeah. And so, appreciate having you on it. I did, before we get into this, wanted to shout out. So, today I am wearing purple. Yes. And that purple is to uh, raise awareness uh, for World Stress Month. Yeah, And so, every day uh, this month, every Thursday this month, our entire staff is wearing purple. So, uh, I haven't worn a purple shirt in a while. Had to dig this one out of the closet real deep, yeah.
0: but uh, found it, so just wanted to give a shout out for Well, that. I'm about to be rocking purple the rest of hey, the month. Oh, yeah. no, I mean, dude, healthcare go. is a stressful thing, so Correct. we need to bring awareness to that. I Absolutely. mean, especially after the past year we had with COVID, yeah. I mean, stress was at an all-time high, so that's awesome. So to your question,
1: you know, uh, I get asked that from time to time, you know, what is it to be the CEO of a hospital? You know, what is it like to, to run or be the CEO of a hospital? And to be honest with you, I don't really think of it that way. Yeah. I, I don't think that I run a hospital. Uh, I, I truly don't. I think that I have twelve different departments and each of those twelve departments have a leader. And in my mind, I manage twelve people. Mm. And if I can manage those twelve people well, then that trickles down. Yep. And you know, those leaders have their leaders and their staff members that they lead, and that those people treat the patients. And so I really don't, when people say, you run a hospital, I say, you know, I don't really, I've managed 12 people, yep. and if I can do that well, and I can help them, remove barriers for them, for them to do their jobs, give them the tools that they need to succeed, yep. then the rest goes from there. And that's really what I focus on, and that's the way that I manage. I focus my time th- thinking about and
0: talking to those 12 leaders, and then, getting out of the way to be honest absolutely and you know it's so big like support from leadership you know we see it all over the places where whenever there's things that need change having a leader that's willing to be open to do that so like I know you work for a couple fortune 500 companies so like that's that's huge in scale when you think about it and you worked. it's probably some of those leadership levels like was there anything you took from your past experience that like you brought into the CEO role like kind of having that understanding as some of the folks that you're leading yeah, I mean, I think it's very, very interesting. It's an interesting yeah. question. You know, you start.
1: You know, I started working in large organizations, and now um, you know, I'm still work for a large organization, but the CEO of a smaller hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest with you, there's so much translatable from large organizations to small ones. And you know, sometimes you go into a small organization, and they just don't have like kind of the basic organization. You know, every organization, whether you're running a subway a hotel or a hospital you need certain structure in place and sometimes you go into smaller organizations that they just don't have those things in place yeah and and it can be and you just have to find the right way to fit you know hey this is how I know things need to run let's just bring that same structure into this organization yeah and all of a sudden things start to flow better and so you know I I don't see myself as uh, as you know a leader unlike any other I think if you can Run a run a hotel or a restaurant or a, any other organization. You have a lot of different skills that are very translatable to any other industry. And so if it's just sometimes bringing that skill set of organization and how it, and how teams work um, to to a to organization that just that in of itself it can be helpful to the company.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you know, talking talking about leadership, one of the things, and, and I know some of the leaders out there can relate. Um, Is uh, Whenever I worked in a a staff position, it was presence. And I always respected the leader that was present and came up, and I knew who they were. And they always asked me how I was doing. They knew about me. And that was big to me, uh, just because I felt like they cared about me. And I think since working with you, one of the things I've seen is... Uh, sometimes unfortunately in organizations you've got a CEO that just sits in their office and that's all they do and they're never on the floor but with you I've seen you walk in the halls I've seen you talking to people I've seen you having meetings with everybody um how big is that do you think to a leader to be present yeah Um, first of all I think
1: there's always room for opportunity so I think that I try my best to do a good job of that. I know that I've continued opportunity to get better at that, you know, connecting with people on the ground level and really being there uh, for staff and being present, always thinking of ways that I can continue to be better at that. But I do think it's very important. Um, You know, I will say that the best idea, you know, in terms of how do we move the hospital forwards, how do we grow, how do we continue to do a good job with our patients um, has never come just from my office. Sure. It, those ideas always come from the staff. Yeah. The staff that are in the, the day in and day out of providing a patient experience for our patients. They're the ones that are gonna come up with the best ideas. Um, you know, and also having a diversity of experience come together, whether it's doctors, nurses, social workers, you know, finance team, it's when you get all those diverse experiences and backgrounds Together in a place. That's when the best ideas in any organization come about. Yeah You know my job as the CEO as I see it is not to come up with that idea because I know that the best idea is going to come from me I know that for a fact. Yeah, and um, My my role is to find ways and avenues for those um, ideas from the line staff to come to light. Yeah, and so Uh, That's really how I feel. So we continue to find different ways to do that, whether it's, you know, we have two committees that we launched this year and uh, and a a patient experience council and an employee empowerment council. And those councils are uh, encompassed by people from all different backgrounds, nurses, social workers, et cetera. Gotcha. They come together and they come up with ideas, um, oftentimes uh, in a room where there's no leadership presence Mm -hmm. and they feel like they can speak freely. And those ideas are then given to leadership and myself we take those ideas and try to implement them. Yeah,
0: and I mean, from a from a employee standpoint or a department manager standpoint, sometimes it's intimidating, like mm-hmm. just going straight to sure. the administration and yeah. saying, "Hey, this is a problem. We need something done about it." But you're giving a forum for those folks to talk it through, yeah. not in a negative manner. Yeah. I mean, some of the topics may be negative, but sure. it's in a it's in a hey, we're bringing this and we're looking for a solution, to, like collaborating. So you know, one of the biggest things we've seen is like. Organizations using change agents, basically taking that staff, questioning them, and then um, you know working on a solution. We see it on an everyday basis, like when we do a mock survey. We go into an organization where people may be there uh, for 10, 20 years, and they see the same thing. But as soon as a new set of eyes comes in or a new perspective comes in, it's like, bang, we didn't even realize that. Right. Uh, and I think that's huge, man. I mean, that's, that's awesome to know that... Um, you know that y'all are taking steps to kind of include that, and and that's you know one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is is the past couple years. I mean, dude, sure, dude. Everybody suffered with like the change and then figuring out the right solution because there was so much data coming sure. in from all different areas. Um, and the one thing that I've noticed is like you were able to rally your team around getting solutions and taking action quick, but you also had like a great retention. Mm-hmm. which that right now in the nation is, a, I mean, everybody out there is having problems keeping staff, finding staff, but can you talk to the the folks about, like, was there anything you did different for retention? Yeah.
1: So, great question, and, and you're right, the past number of years have been challenging in terms of working in healthcare, and uh, and really, um, I can't credit myself for any of that. It's, it really is the team, and like, having strong leaders that are all you know, working together, rowing in the same direction, that is everything. Sure. And so hiring smart people that um, are willing to work together on, on a project or an initiative um, to you know, move the hospital and move your patient outcomes and experience forwards, that's what it's all about. Sure. And so, um, but you're right, retention is, is a huge part of what um, I spend my time thinking about. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a lot of, we've, um, I wouldn't say that we're where we wanna be, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody is, yeah. um, but we have had some year over year improvements, which I'm proud of. Yeah. And so, you just have to continue to put yourself in the, um, in the feet, of, in, in the minds of the people that are working for you and are doing the hard work of treating your patients. Sure. And what are the things that they need, uh, what are the things that they want, and so we do a lot of time thinking about that, whether it's, and sometimes it, sometimes it's dollars, yeah, and and you got to think about that, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's uh, being able to be a part of a, part of a, a culture that feels like they're treating uh, patients on a day to day basis yeah. that are doing a great job, and sometimes it's just um, giving back and telling them uh, how much you appreciate them. I yep. think that goes a very long way. And then lastly, one of the things we already talked about is making sure your staff feel like they have a voice. Yep. Um, feeling like they have a voice um, in the outcome and the future of what you're doing. And, um, and that goes a long way. And the ability for them to feel like they know what's going on, and they know what you're thinking, and they know where the hospital is headed, um, yeah, I just today did a town hall with all of our staff to talk about, hey, what did our last quarter look like? What were the results? Yep. What went when? What didn't go well? Where are we headed in the future? And that gives them idea of, hey, this is why they're asking us to do these things. And uh, I think those things go a long way. There's plenty of things that we're not doing that I want us to do, and sure. we're going to continue to get better at that. But, uh, but yes, retention is extremely important because your staff are everything. And that turnover has a cost, whether that's a dollar amount cost or whether it's somebody who's really, really smart who left to go somewhere else and you have to recruit somebody who's new to the organization. Sure. You know, there's three, six months for them to get up to speed. And so that Turnover has a cost, and it's a real cost, uh, both for uh, financial and both to the to the product that you're delivering.
0: Yeah, and, and I'll just say this is, you know, behavioral health to me has been the u- most unique environment, especially, you know, day-to-day nursing. I mean, when we talk about a behavioral health crisis, I mean, we're living it right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the United States, okay, what was the stat? It was like, uh, I think, one provider for every how many? It was uh, 52,000. Yeah. what it costs right
1: now to replace a provider
0: for staff. Yeah, well for nursing but I'm talking about behavioral health. I know when we're talking about one yeah. provider yeah. for how many 600, patients? 600,000 600,000 patients to one provider. And yeah. then when you're facing those odds, I mean uh, how many beds do y'all have here? 104. 100, yeah, 104. So I mean this is, you're taking care of a ton of people but there's still a huge need out there. Yep. And so from a clinician standpoint especially being sensitive to the condition sure. and understanding uh, for someone new coming into it it yeah. can be intimidating for a new nurse, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I've been there and I've done that. Yeah. And I think, like you said, is it's so important to have support in that and to have experienced folks to talk to about that. Um, but, you know, going going back to your leaders, because I, I love what you talked about, is, is you know, listening, just hear, hearing them out. Because I think a lot of times, just people want to be heard. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, as a leader, because I know we have a lot of folks either coming out of nursing school or, or in the hospital looking to make the next step in the leadership um, And they want to they want to make an impact and and you know uh, What they're doing now is making an impact But like if they wanted to to make the next step or they wanted to impress a CEO I mean, what is it that you see in the leaders that they're doing that you're like, you know what? That's huge and I want to you know, I want to recognize it. Like, What does that look like? Sure so I
1: think everybody who gets into healthcare does it for the right reasons. They want to treat patients, they want people to get better, yep. it, and sometimes you know, they go into it for the right reasons and then people start to get burned out. Yeah. Um, and so trying to eliminate that burnout is so important um, just for us to continue to even create an atmosphere where we can develop people who are leaders um, and, and you know, continue to want to pursue that path. Yeah. Now, if there's somebody that's there that is looking to make that next step. Mm-hmm. Um, some advice there would be, you know, so first of all, seven, I think about 75% of my executive leadership team at my hospital have been internal promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we are constantly looking at our staff. You know, we, we think that internal promotions are fantastic because mm-hmm. you know, it's good um, to recognize people that are doing a great job sure. and promote them and it adds to great um, morale across the hospital. Um, and because it shows that there is opportunity for growth within your organization, they don't have to leave to grow. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're always looking to evaluate talent and who could be the next person that could be a, a, the next leader. Yep. Um, i also say this, every single one of those leaders that got promoted, I will tell you that they saw a problem and they didn't ask, they started solving it. Yep. And so if you're in an organization and you're looking to grow, if you see a problem, and um, look at it, and it's look at solutions. And somebody who brings brings solutions to the table um, is going to be looked at and continue to be looked at. It's very easy to identify problems. Finding solutions to those problems is what's difficult. Yeah. And so, if you're bringing solutions to the table, um, you know, a lot of times before I promoted someone, it, it was like. They're already doing it. Yeah. They they already stepped in and they're already really taking on that role without even being asked and they're just solving these problems. So, yeah. Like that it makes it so incredibly easy to promote someone when they're already doing it really. Yeah. And so if you see problems and just see what you can do to help your team and that's going to go a long way.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they don't teach this in school. Like you don't you don't come out of school or come out of training and they're saying, okay, to take it to the next level, these are the steps that you need to do. Right. But, you know, what we always practice or what we've always taught folks coming into our firm is like, you know, the old saying is under promise, over deliver. But we preach over promise, over deliver. And always be willing to don't just not just doing the job, but going above and beyond looking for another opportunity, looking for a more efficient way to do things. So, no, I'm, I'm right on task with that. And I think for any for anybody looking or in a position and you're wanting to progress, I mean, that's that sounds like the key is is you know look for opportunities to make the place better you know you may not own it but take ownership i, th- I think that's a, a key to that and i totally agree with you on
1: that. yeah don't, don't feel like you have to wait to get promoted in order to tackle the problem yep. if you see a problem and you're able to be in an opportunity where you can you know you know how to fix it you know who the right players are to get together to come solve a problem do it and you will be recognized.
0: Yep. And I've, I've worked for leaders that, you know, uh, I was I was after like, hey man, how do I move up? And they're like, you got to spend 10 years here before you do anything. I mean, realize that, you know, you're going to face leaders that it's going to be tough, but if you continue to show up and you continue to do good work, it's going to get recognized. So, no, I'm spot on with that. Um, I know whenever I was reading this bio, I think some of the biggest questions that we get is innovation. So, you've started uh, adolescent uh, therapy, you've started a military program, you've you started uh outpatient program. I mean so where where does that like come from? So I know I know you have this the base in the hospital, but like all those other programs, is that something that you like you seek out to learn or is it in the industry? Like I think the thing people are craving is where do I go to find innovation so that I can better my facility? Like, how how did they come to you on those things? Sure. So, uh, you know, we've been
1: really, like, in my tenure here, it's been really awesome. We've been able to add a number of different service lines to what we do here. We added adolescent uh, mental health services, adolescent substance abuse services. We added in a military component um, for military individuals that are suffering so for PTSD and trauma and substance abuse um, and out several different outpatient programs. And so the first thing is understanding what is the need. Yep. Every community is different. And if you're gonna run any business, a good business is meeting a community need. Yep. So the first part of that is identifying the need. So get out there, get out in your community, talk to community leaders, figure out what the need is in your community, and that's going to be your guiding compass. Mm. You know, you can start 10 different programs, but if that's not what the need is, that's not what's going to prov- provide value. Yeah. So first is identifying what the need is. And then secondly, and I, I know we're going to sound boring because I keep saying the same thing. It's having the right team. And that's the thing that my team has always been very proud of. You know, we may not be the smartest, but we are scrappy. And so we have got a team, we've built a team here that is willing to adapt to the community need and the changes that are required. I think that's what helped us get through COVID through a rapidly changing time. Mm -hmm. And that's the same uh, mindset that has helped us to grow and add different programs to the hospital. So just continuing to find a team and leaders that are willing to adapt to change is everything. And that way, your job as a CEO becomes significantly easier. We say, hey, look, this is the need. This is where we gotta go. I don't know how to get there, but let's get the team together. Mm -hmm. And that team with their diverse set of experiences, they help me get from A to B. All I say is, this is the goal. This is where we're at. They help fill in the blanks and yeah. so having that team together and understanding your community needs that's everything yeah and that's really you know i don't know if it's innovation if it's being scrappy um i don't know the right word but it certainly helps get the job done and it really helps provide a lot of value to the
0: community yeah and i think a lot of times where people fall short is they're trying to provide what they want to provide mm-hmm. whereas like you said is i think it's so important to take an assessment like go out there and figure out what the need is and then provide the need Um, And then also... One last thing I'll say about that is your team
1: that's on the ground, they know what the need is. You may not sit in your office, but your team on the ground, they know what it is. They live and breathe it. And so, you know, as you get higher and higher up, sometimes, unfortunately, you get a little bit more disconnected. So finding ways for you to have an avenue for people on the ground to communicate with you, creating those avenues is everything because the people on the floor are
0: the ones that know what's going on. Yeah. And it's it's like the classic they talk about the Clydes there. You hook one up, it can pull ten thousand pounds. You hook Two of they can pull you know 100,000 pounds it's just it's the power of the team and I think you know in today's world where everything is kind of like is like singular focus where we're trying to take care of ourselves we're trying to take care of our family you know even from a family component like neighbors really don't communicate as much I think especially if you're if you're working towards accomplishing a vision accomplishing a mission like collaboration and I think y'all heard it today how important like a team is Mm -hmm. Um, and and, and I think that's huge, man. I mean, I've just had the pleasure of working with you and your organization, and I know your team is, is like, hat, proud to work with you. Like, they, they understand that, and I think you can tell that they feel heard, they feel respected, they've been here, they have time and tenure, and you've made a lot of progress and, and done a lot of good things. Now, you know, it's always a work in progress. Of course, so like tell me tell me about how you continue to motivate your folks. Cause I think, you know, sometimes in healthcare when we talk about quality, people are like, How do I end? I just want to end the process and be done. But as you know, in regulatory compliance or in healthcare, it's always aiming to get better, always aiming to go higher. So like what how do you how do you keep people motivated? Yeah. Cause I know that's gotta be something tough today. It is,
1: it is. And that's yeah. something that we continue to get better and better yeah. at day over day. But you do have to celebrate the wins. Yeah. Like when you do when you have a goal and you get to a place where you're accomplishing it, it's very easy, you know, for leaders to and I and I'm guilty of this as well as all right, we got that checkbox, let's move on to the next thing mm-hmm. that we gotta work on. Yeah. But taking a second to pause and celebrate that win with your team is really important. And and I also think that um, transparency, yep. um, showing people good, bad, and the ugly, what is the progress or not progress that we're making, they feel connected to it. You know, They want to know the why, and they want to know how, how are we doing. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we don't do that. We don't give that information back to the team that is actually driving the goals. Sure. So showing them like, hey, this was our goal we didn't accomplish it last year, so we're gonna double down on getting this goal and we're making some progress. Mm-hmm. When they get to see that progress, I mean, seeing progress is addictive, yeah. right? When you see that things are getting better, I mean, that, that makes the team or uh, really like be like, oh, we're almost there, let's keep going. Yeah. But if they don't know the progress or they don't know how things are going, then they're lost in the dark and they feel like they're just working towards you know a ghost. But if you can show them and be transparent about the progress, Show them that things are getting better and reward them when they are getting better, then I mean, I think that's the, that's the key. The key,
0: yeah. And I, like you said, feedback. I feel like feedback is one of the most underrated things is, is, you know, maybe they're heard, maybe we take action, but if we don't show a result, yeah. then we don't know if we won or lost. So I think a lot of times projects can, can either win or lose based off of feedback. Because if you if you give all feedback boys, and you get good buy-in, then I mean you can move forward. Is, but if, if people are working and they don't part. understand like what they're working towards or what they what, what's accomplished with the work, then it's just all null and void, and, and you could get burnt out with that. So, um, man, let me ask you this: for a guy that's I mean accomplished like you, uh, again, congrats. He uh, Tanmay won the what forty under forty. 40 under 40, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, dude, that's huge. Under 40 year olds to, com- to accomplish what you did. Um, all of the, your experience that you have, the team that you've built, the expansion that you've had. Like, what's next for a guy like Tanmate? Like, what's, what's, like, I know you're the CEO. What is next? What does that look like? Yeah, so great question, and, and to be honest with
1: you, I'm not sure. Sure, um, I just I really enjoy what I'm doing on a day to day basis. Yeah, and uh, in my mind, the way that I've always worked is if I can continue to focus on what I'm doing, uh, and continue to focus on the product that we're delivering and the patient experience that we're sure. that that we're giving, then good things will come. Absolutely. And so, um, um, so I just continue to stay focused on our team. Yeah. and the patients that we're treating and. Uh, And I know that good things will come whenever you do a good job. the rest flows from there.
0: Yeah, but, I agree. I yeah. agree. No, nah, man, look, it's been it's been a pleasure to work with you. I'm so glad we got to sit down and just talk about this. I mean, guys, I think you hear, especially from a leader role, how important teamwork is and how important supporting the team is and with, you know, just like we talked about the expansion, the additions, the progress. Um, you know, the last question I have and I want to give you an opportunity uh, to, to reach out because, you know, folks that are looking to work for a great leader like you looking to work for an organization that's doing bigger things um you know people around south louisiana that may be in your area sure what is something that you could say you know to them uh coming up in healthcare or looking for a change in healthcare? i mean what's something that you could tell them sure so i'll make a quick plug for behavioral health in particular um
1: you know you don't even have to turn on the tv to hear about the opiate crisis or the mental health crisis and um there's just been um, in in you know the pandemic that we still find ourselves on the back end of has you know just put fuel on the fire of of some of the issues that people are, are feeling whether it's social isolation sure. or you know financial insecurity um, anxiety about or anxiety about the future it's driving a lot of need um, for mental health and substance abuse uh, issues and you know those are some of the negative things but some of the positive things are. You know uh, we are continuing to decrease the stigma associated with getting help yes for mental health uh, issues and so uh, that's a good thing but both of those things are driving the need for mental health um, yes. for uh, mental health providers so i would encourage you guys if you're in the healthcare field or not in the healthcare field to look into jobs in mental health because it is you know those things that you see on the tv they are very real and our staff that are at this hospital on the front lines of helping solve these crises, and it is a lot to be proud of. Um, I know um, our team is proud of the work that they do, and I know I'm proud of the team, proud of the work that the teams yeah. do. So look into mental health. I know it hasn't. Um, historically been a very sexy field, but uh, the need is increasing, and I'm really, really glad that the conversation about mental health has continued to be more transparent over the last number of years, and so the need for what um, our staff and what you guys can do um, in these crises is huge. And so I would encourage you guys to look at mental health as a career. Uh, It's a growing field and uh, you can really help a lot of people. So if you're looking for a career in healthcare, or you're you're a nurse and you've worked in the ICU or, or, or the ER or looking for something different, I encourage you guys to look into mental health. It's an amazing field that you can really drive a lot, a lot of value.
0: God, ah, what a podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, the Healthcare Collective, where we come to you with the top industry experts bringing you all kinds of knowledge to help you get better in your practice. Remember, if you got something out of this, please like, share, subscribe, and share with us your success that you've had with your patients, with your facility, with your organization. Can't wait for you to tune in next time. See you next.